Welcome back to SwitchCast Live. I'm so sorry we are two minutes late, but thank you all for waiting for us and joining us. I'm your host, Doug Tabbitt. Thank you, Tyler, for the gin and tonic. And uh, SwitchCast is a podcast where we seek to educate, edify, and entertain you on the drive of your life. This season, we've been focusing primarily on topics and guests that help our listeners be smarter. Buyers and sellers avoid scams, which is we're going to have a big scam episode next week, and make informed decisions from their initial purchase through all aspects of ownership. So we've covered a lot of topics this week, and recently we've uh, launched on TikTok. Thank you, TikTokers, for joining us. We're going to get into questions uh, soon. This is a catch-up episode. So we've had a lot of questions and feedback from some of the topics we've covered this season. And one of the biggest ones, especially on the social medias and the talk of tick, uh, was shill bidding. Right. So uh, one of the flops of the week a little uh, while ago was a guy who sold a G63 on eBay, a Mercedes G63, not eBay. Gosh, darn. Bring a trailer and bought it back himself accidentally. And that was a, that was a big hit with everybody. <laughs> Cost him forty three hundred dollars to not sell his car. Uh, he still has a car and he loves it, which is a good thing. But uh, we got a lot, a lot of feedback, a lot of um, uh, I guess righteous indignation against the guy, and, and rightly so. Uh, but there's, I think, a lot of um, misconceptions about auctions and shill bidding and what actually happens. So I wanted to dig into that a little bit and address that. So again, tons of comments on the TikTok from this. So if you guys have questions about shill bidding, throw them in. Our producer, Ethan, will relay them. You guys on YouTube and Facebook, uh, again, throw the comments in the comment flow. Tyler over here will relay them as well. So we look forward to engaging with you guys tonight. And any questions that you have uh, not relating to shill bidding, throw them in as well. And we'll get to those in the second half of the show. So without further ado, Cheers, pour yourself a drink, even if it's water, and uh, here we go. Let's go. I, was, I don't have anything against uh, the TikToks. Uh, Ethan, you know, needed something to do more than just producing the entire show and making sure all of the socials were set up, so he, want, he wanted to read some questions. Yes, yes. Well, Ethan has such a pleasant voice as well. He does. He might even show me up, which I wouldn't be offended about until after the mics are off. <laughs> All right. So a, a quick refresher on what happened, right? So uh, the the car sold on Bring a Trailer had a reserve of $90,000. Now, Bring a Trailer has a wonderful policy such that if the car bids to within 5% of the reserve, um, then they will essentially, because their buyer fee is 5%. So they'll eat their buyer fee, send it to the seller. They call that the make whole payment. And that way, so if it gets bid to, in this case, it got bid to 86000 The buy fee was 5% of 86000 so $4,300. So that gets us over the total of the reserve, which was $90,000. they will say, well, we'd rather make $300 and show a sale on our site, then, you know, not make any money and not show a sale. Um, so I, I love that. I really like that approach. Um, it's better to have um, a little piece of a big pie or a little piece of a pie than no piece of a big pie. You know, you shouldn't hold out for, for all of it. They just want to show a good sell-through rate and keep people 
coming to the site because if cars aren't being sold, then people aren't going to sell. They're not going to buy. They're going to go, ah, you can't buy cars on there. So I appreciate that policy. It's great for sellers. But what happened was, is our customer, we consigned the car for him, listed the car, and our customer, unbeknownst to us, because we would have told him not to do this, was bidding on the car himself. And he didn't understand that policy. So he thought he bid it up to 89 grand because the reserve was 90 and just hoped somebody outbid him, but there wouldn't be any consequences. Well, he bid it up to 86. His car got charged for 4,300 bucks and he bought it. And uh, we were not too happy when we found this out. And uh, anyway, so uh, one of the uh, a few people accused us of of basically colluding with him and going, well, BAT would have sent you forty three hundred bucks, so you would have profited off of this, or you would have basically, you know, sent the money back to him, so everything was square. And we did not. So bring a trailer only issues a make whole payment. If you confirm that the sale was successful. Now, I could have, if I was friggin' shady, said, yeah, we're good. Send me the 4300 bucks." And honestly, if I was shady enough to do that, I would have friggin' screwed over the guy who bid on his own car and let him eat it and just said, well, this is our, our pain money for dealing with this crap. But I wasn't going to do that because... You know, I want to preserve my integrity, our brand's integrity, and it's, you know, it's not worth that, you know, no amount of money is worth sacrificing my integrity in these transactions. So I got right in front of it. I contacted Bring a Trailer. I said, here's exactly what happened. You do what you need to do with this guy. I'm so sorry. I had no idea this was going down, but, you know, <laughs> the customer wanted us to make it like Bring a Trailer get bring a trailer to refund his credit card and i'm like no no it's i'm not on your team on this bro <laughs> no you put us in a bad situation um but then it, the questions came in about essentially the ethics of uh shill bidding right uh, a lot of people assumed it only happens on bring a trailer that's not true it happens everywhere. Uh, Rob Pitts made shill bidding famous on eBay with his story, how he got banned forever from eBay for bidding up his own cars. And um, that was back in the early days of eBay. And, and I actually want to address that a little bit, right? So I think there's a differentiation in ethics between whether or not you're shill bidding below the reserve or above the reserve, right? So if you're bidding or having somebody bid it up for you, or even like a friend who's willing to buy the car or another dealer just bidding it up to fair market value, below the reserve, technically you're not costing anyone money, right? You're not driving up, uh, you know, artificially what somebody's going to spend because if it hasn't met reserve, then they won't win the car anyway. Um, an argument can be made either way on the ethics of that. I think that's more of a gray area than once it's met reserve. Once it's met reserve, it is absolutely 100% unethical, period, because then you are literally spending somebody else's money, right? Like once it's met reserve or on no reserve auction, the market has to dictate. Now, you know, smart dealers will let other dealers know that this car is no reserve, so they'll at least have you know, maybe the other dealers will bid on it and they'll have a wholesale floor, right? So another dealer won't be shill bidding. They'll just go, well, if it goes too cheap, I'll buy it 
So, you know, the worst you can get hurt is, is wholesale. But back in the early days of eBay, we absolutely would bid up our auctions, but it wasn't to be shady. It was for one reason. It was because people didn't understand auctions. I think they still don't. And when the auction started out at like a dollar or whatever, people would see a $50,000 truck for 10 grand or whatever the current bid was. And they'd be like, oh man, well, I can buy this for 10 grand. So you have these morons asking the most ridiculous questions. And the, the dumb thing was that they were asking these questions on a 50k truck that they could buy for 10 grand, right? If you get that good of a deal, you don't ask questions. You just you just say, where do I send the money? But our dealer's time was getting wasted like crazy with these people asking these asinine questions. And then once it got bid up another 10 or 20 grand, they're like, oh, I, I didn't think it was worth that much. And they go away. So we bid stuff up to like reasonable wholesale market just to like not waste time with morons. Now, I don't think that's shill bidding. I don't think that's unethical. That's just like setting kind of the, the expectation. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, there's, there's a lot of gray area there. Um, and then there was a time that we got hurt because we didn't bid up a car, right? We sold a, or, or we auctioned a Callaway C12 on Bring a Trailer. Now, I just sat there and let the market do its thing, quote unquote, but there wasn't a lot of bidders in the room and it got bid up to like 113 grand. Now, immediately after the auction, the high bidder offered us 150. So the market was at least 150, but we have now this public no sale result of 113, which is essentially like ruined our ability to sell the car. Now, people will say, well, that's a real data point. That's a market result. But it isn't because we had a private offer from the high bidder of 150. There was just nobody bidding against him. And we weren't willing to sell it for 113 anyway. So that's not real market, right? So some people say, well, on an auction, the buyers determine the market, right? Like if the seller isn't willing to sell it for the high bid, then they're unrealistic, they're out of touch. It's only buyers that determine the market. That's not true. Buyers and sellers determine the market. It's not just what somebody's willing to pay, but it's also what a seller is willing to sell it for. Regardless of they're being unrealistic or not, if they won't sell it, then you know the high bid isn't the market value. Um, so, so we got kind of screwed there. And looking back, I go, well, should I have shill bid? Right? It, it, wouldn't have made a difference. The guy still would have been willing to pay 150k. He wouldn't have paid more if I had bid 151. So it's it's a hard topic. It's a hard topic. But uh TikTok has come through with a few questions if yeah. you care to entertain Fire a few away. of them. Um We'll just start with, we got to give a shout out to the first guy who commented. He, he said, Vin Wiki Did Wiki he say guy. first? <laughs> he, he did not, fortunately. This is uh, Adam is federal, shout out. He said, Vin Wiki guy. I love that channel. So, uh, question. Love you too. RS6 Avant or 911 Turbo? This isn't a shill bidding question. It's but not. It's sure. not. Uh, 911 Turbo because I can get one in a manual. As much as I love wagons and I love Audis and... I love the RS6, and I don't like turbocharged cars. I'd buy a 911 Turbo because I can have a manual sports car. So, 
Uh, referring more to uh, shill, build, uh, shill bidding here, the story you just told, Cole Child says, he points out, every buyer isn't at that particular auction as well. So That's very true. And that's a good point because I've had people get pretty antagonistic with me on bringing a trailer when a car didn't meet reserve. And the high bidder wanted to like force the sale to me at their high bid, basically saying this is the only market. Bring a trailer. Bring a trailer is absolutely the largest online marketplace. It is a force of nature, but it is not the only market. There's hundreds of thousands of buyers out there that aren't on bring a trailer. And almost every time, almost every time that I've had a reserve not met on bring a trailer or P-Car market or any of the auctions, I've sold it more after the auction, maybe a day later, maybe three months later, but he's very right. The auction is not the only market. It's the market in that venue on that day at that particular time. So I, I, I always like to say, well, you know, the right people weren't in the room today. Um, does that justify shill bidding? I don't know. No, I don't think so. Um, but you know, speaking of like, let's say no reserve auctions, right? So, uh, a lot of the people after last time's video, um, kind of slammed bring a trailer and I'm like, man, this is, this is not just a bring a trailer thing. This happens at the physical auctions. This happens on eBay. This happens on everywhere. Um, and I think it happens more at the physical auctions because they're, I've actually heard stories where they are a party to it, where they are okay with it, right? Bring a trailer will ban you for life if they find out you've been shill bidding, right? They do not have a tolerance for it. Um, a lot of the physical auctions, they have had basically like pre-arranged deals, right? So that they'll have bidders in the room that will bid it up to a certain value. And if it doesn't sell then they'll just mark it sold and, and those will be fake transactions. And I've seen cases where you, you'll see a car sell at an auction and then a year later it shows up again at the next auction. And sometimes it's the same seller. Sometimes the auction will buy it. Sometimes the auction will give people guarantees. So if the vehicle doesn't sell, they'll essentially fake bid it up. So if you've ever been in a wholesale auction or in the room at like a Barrett Jackson or one of the big auctions, half the bids they're taking aren't real people. The auctioneers are really slick and they'll be, you know, some, you might be bidding against yourself and you don't even know it because they say, oh, 45 over here, 45 drive over 45, 46, 46, 47. You come back and say 47, there was no 46. So this stuff happens everywhere. And I think bring a trailer actually has brought a lot of transparency to the market. And, um, Yes, it still happens on there, but they are actively fighting against it. Um, I heard a story from one of my clients who was trying to buy a race car from a guy and he wanted, you know, let's say 170 grand. And my customer offered him 150. And the guy's like, no, you're out of your mind. It's worth more than that. I'm just going to run it at, you know, Gooding or RM and, you know, get a bunch of money for it. So he turned down my customer's offer at 150. Senate, no reserve to this auction. My customer bids it up, ends up getting it for like 140. Now, my customer paid more than 150 because after buyer's fees of 10, 12%, he was at like 155. 
But the seller, because his, you know, 140 minus 10, 12% was like 128, 125. He was all mad at my customer. He's like, you stole my car. My customer's like, bro, I could have bought, I offered you 150 before all this mess. You shipped it down, sent it no reserve. And then the seller tells my customer that he was bidding on it the whole time. So my customer was the only other bidder. And he was literally bidding against the seller. I mean, talk about friggin' shady. You send your car no reserve, you know who the buyer is, and you know what he's willing to pay, and you just friggin' bid him up. My customer is super pissed. And this, uh, what's even worse is the seller was pissed because he's like, oh, you stole my car. And it's like, what, what would it have gone for if you weren't bidding it up yourself? But he was willing to take the risk and pay the 20% buy selfie or whatever that he would have had to pay to keep the car i mean i guess if you're willing to pay all the fees and buy your own car it's shady but it's also a risk it's also a risk you got to pay the consequence if if you win your own car I don't want to detract from the other segments of the show that I know we will get to, but want to do two quick hitter questions yes. from uh, the TikToks. We love the TikToks. Also the YouTubes. We love everybody on here. Thank everybody. you all for being here. Disc Golf for Life asks, do you still own that retired Crown Vic? No, that is somewhere in Maine, probably in a junkyard. The last entry in <laughs> Carfax was like 2013 in some small town. Uh-huh. Um, I'd love to find it, but it's, it's probably, it's probably done. Such a great story. Uh, and then the, the classic from uh, broken schnoz schnauz did Doug sell ultra uh, is it a broken yet? nose or I think a, that, I think that's or a broken schnoz, dog. broken schnoz. Yeah. But it's broken an A-U-Z-E. Schnauz? Schnauz? Schnauzer? I don't know. He either has a, a hurt dog or a, <laughs> or a hurt <laughs> nose. Yeah. Uh, either way, he wants to know if you sold ultra beige. Yes, I did. It's owned by a collector and cannonball fan in Oklahoma. Yes. Ansel was here. Thank you for the kind words there. Uh, says he loves our stories. Also asks, Doug, what are your thoughts on the BMW E38? E38. Gosh darn it. I'm not good at the uh, the internal BMW codes. Give me three seconds. Isn't that the 7 Series oh, of the late yes, 90s? yes. The Transporter yes. 7 Series. Hey, I knew a square thing. one. Yeah. I love those. I have very little slash no use for an executive barge, but I would love... A BMW 740IL from that period. Do you know they sold those love, in like love, a... Love with a sport package. I with a split five-spoke. Yes. You get the like parallels yeah. and then they sold them in purple. There's I, a green one with oh. ivory interior in my storage that belongs to my Cannonball co-driver yeah. scout, um, uh, Dunadel. There you go. Oh, He's really? a... That, that sounds you're awesome. a BMW collector. Oh. It's it's gorgeous. Yeah. I want to buy it from him, but I have no use for it. So yes, I love those. Uh let's go to a commercial. Real and quick. I am so yes. sorry. I no, hate to do okay. this. But our number one fan on TikTok who has tipped us, he oh, asks a question. Whoa. Okay, so we, fine. we have to we have to get we have we to do. get to them. Phone on Dash asks about your thoughts on the new M2. The new M2. I haven't driven it yet. The previous generation M2 was friggin' amazing. Um, BMW used to be called the ultimate driving machine, right? That was their slogan back in the 80s and 90s. And I think 
they lost that like after the bangle era which whatever he was a designer it wasn't his fault that they started making like less sporty and less engaging cars and more high maintenance cars but man with the the 1m and the m2 and the m4 and even the turbocharged m3s as much as i'm not a fan of of turbo cars i prefer natural naturally aspirated um the cars were all really, really engaging, and I, I think that they made a comeback as a brand. So again, I haven't driven the new, new one. If it has as big of a grill as all the other ones, it's probably friggin' hideous from the front. But I have to imagine it's it's pretty good. I mean, that was <laughs> it's that got might some be BMW's odd, like, second <laughs> round of like bangle styling downfall. The big grills. The grill is smaller. It's later. got some weird squared off things on it though that mm-hmm. I'm not convinced about. It's got box, like wide fenders on it though, which is pretty cool. Yeah, like I dig that. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's go to a commercial and we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about shill bidding and we'll get to just general questions. Switchcast is brought to you by Boxcast, who is a live streaming company based in Cleveland, Ohio, and they serve broadcasters and viewers around the world. Their founders launched Boxcast back in 2013 with one purpose, and that was to make people a part of the experience. If you're looking to live stream your podcast, church service, car show, sporting event, wedding, or even your cannonball attempt, BoxCast is an easy and flexible live streaming platform for organizations. BoxCast is so easy that we're broadcasting this show with a phone. So head on over to switchcars.com slash BoxCast for your free trial. And I see you have the hat, which means the Corvette curmudgeon is amongst us. Uh, so this week, uh, for the Corvette curmudgeon, I wanted to ask you, uh, kind sir... What music do you like to listen to when you go for a... Is that not... I've never cracked. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I just cracked. Is he... All right. And scene. Back in the, back in, back in the room with us. Uh, what music do you like to listen to when you go for a cruise? Oh, I, I like that Jan and Dean. You know, they've got some good, good album. You know, Dead Man's Curve, Drag City... Rock and Little Roadster and Beach Boys have some good songs too. You know, my four oh nine and Little Deuce Coop. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my wife likes to dance to Mustang Sally though when we go out. I can't friggin' stand that song. I mean, one Mustang suck. Sally had terrible friggin' taste in cars, and she was spoiled rotten too because her husband bought her one of them. So yeah, that's yeah. You know, I, I like them them classic rock. Okay, okay. Do you like to, you know, really just have the top down on your Corvette and have the music blaring as you're driving through some some nice curves or no, something? No, I never put the top down. It wrinkles it. Oh, ah, uh, yes. How how could I not think of that? I apologize. That ugh. stupid question. Uh, what do you think about some of the music that you hear some of the younger generations listening to at stoplights? That ain't friggin' music. It's just noise. It hurts my friggin' eardrum. I gotta turn my hearing aids down, get feedback in them. Uh, I'm afraid I can't disagree on a lot of that, actually. Uh, well, thank you very much uh, to the Corvette Curmudgeon for coming back this week. Uh, we'll see what we ask you next time. So, so follow up. We have, <laughs> we yes, we have a Chevelle Curmudgeon following us on Instagram, which we appreciate. Everybody, we appreciate the snarky comments, the ones we don't disagree with, even the hate mail, because it gives us good, good. <laughs> good content for later but uh yeah we we got the chevelle curmudgeon and i i posted a video of a ferrari 550 very rare cars worth about 150k 
and uh, or is a rare color. I guess a 550 isn't that rare. But he responded to it and said, I can't not do this in my Corvette curmudgeon <laughs> voice. It fits. He's also from New England, so you keep it. The taxes alone on that car could get me a real classic 69 Chevelle SS daily driver. You can send it to Worcester, Mass, care of Eddie. Now, you need to be clear, Worcester, I'm reading it, spelled Worcester. But if you're from Massachusetts, it's Worcester. Anyway, so the the uh, video I posted today of the, the shop tour... <laughs> He's still on the kick. He responded, you can keep them all. Now, if you want to make me jealous, put a 69 Chevelle SS in my driveway. <laughs> Daily driver. <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm not giving you a free car. <laughs> He's working real hard, though. But <laughs> I, <laughs> the taxes on the 550 could get me a 69 Chevelle. I mean, the sales tax on 150 grand is like eight grand. That ain't going to get you jack squat. For a muscle car. It might get you like an 80s Chevelle, like one of the really might, bad ones. It might get you like a Ford Mustang too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Eddie, your your prices are back in 1993. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you hear the internet? Oh, wait, he's on Instagram. <laughs> Look up Haggerty. Oh, man. We've uh, got someone on YouTube who says there is an E38 on Facebook Marketplace in Atlanta that somebody manual swapped. Would you feel better about having one of those? Or is it the same thing? It's still Was, an executive sedan. It, I think it'd be cool, but heavy cars, like heavy boats that have manuals, it's usually not a great combination. Like as much as I'm a manual snob, there's some cars that should be automatic. I had a stick shift uh, Super Duty F350. It was ridiculous i wanted an automatic so badly i've driven a stick shift cayenne gts and i'm like okay it's cool but the transmission just feels clunky um th there's some cars that just aren't made to be a stick shift so that makes sense i, I think it'd be uh, the nuts for sticks part of me says yeah 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 everything manual but it still wouldn't make sense right i'd, I'd rather just have a real sports car yeah, I could see that. Thanks for that, uh, TPS Chris. That was on YouTube. We've got uh, another another tipper here. Ansel was here again. Thank you for the. Is he tip. still here? He's still here. He's still here, <laughs> and he's active in our comments, which we greatly so, appreciate. So he needs to change his username. Is here. Ansel is here. Yeah, right. Is yes. that the one that left breadcrumbs, or is that somebody else? <laughs> what are breadcrumbs? <laughs> Thank you, Ethan. For that. It's good. That's good. Good. Good joke. He asks. Did I miss? Something? I'm just gonna do this. Thank you. Tyler made a joke. I don't get it. <laughs> anyway, continue. Uh, he asks. He also says, "Will do." He'll change his name just for us. How about that? What's your favorite story? Until he you've logs seen? off, and then it has to be Ansel was here again. <laughs> Every time you log on, log gotta off, change, you gotta yeah. change it. Uh, okay. He yeah. So his question, uh, getting to the heart of this, uh, he wants to know what your favorite story that you've seen on VinWiki is. So presumably, not one that you've told, but one that you've actually just listened to and enjoyed. Um, I know this. I think there's two. Um, three, three part answer. One, Emil Beret, the, the, the stunt driver, pro driver guy. He's just my favorite person on there. He's happy about life and everything, which I guess I would be if I had his job too. But, uh, his stories are so much fun to listen to. Uh, Jay Roberts, 
the, the Prius cannonballer telling the story, which he told on our podcast as well, um, about his interaction with the cop. And, and when she kept asking him questions, he literally just like pushed her clipboard with the ticket out the window and she wouldn't take it. So it fell on the ground. Um, that's, that's one of the best ones. Um, I mean, there's so many good ones. Um, my buddy, uh, 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 I think it was Bennett Logan that told the story about driving in the presidential motorcade. That was, that was a really good one too. So, I, I mean, there's a lot, but those, those are top. Yeah. Um, update for some of you. Uh, who know Mark Spence? He is he is a, 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 a sometimes voice on here and a cannonballer as well. Well, today is his birthday, and we are collecting gifts. We have been collecting gifts because he has been lacking in presence. Uh, that's P R E S E N C E. So we're showering him with presents. Uh, Yes, he's got a new real job, but he's, he's out partying right now, drinking craft beer. But uh, if you want to send Mark Spence something, uh, you can send them care of switch cars, 1521 Highland Road, Twinsburg, Ohio, 44087. If you didn't get that, just Google switch cars. Address will come up. Uh, he likes, let's see, Corvette C4s, project cars that he will never finish. 80s Volkswagen GTIs, older women, sushi, craft beer, and driving slowly in the left lane, except when he's cannonballing. Uh, please don't send older women or sushi. Um, we had one really good gift. Shout out to Davin Holcomb. He sent uh, Mark a C4 t-shirt, which Mark still doesn't know he got. And he actually sent this shirt to me as well, the Porsche 930 that I'm wearing tonight. So uh, thank you very much for that. Um, so if you've got anything you want to send to Mark Spence, send it out and uh, yeah, we'll make sure that he gets it. Um, so one of the... Um, one of the... Back to the shill bidding topic. One of the biggest... Uh, I guess most common comments we saw in regard to this shill bidding debacle that I talked about was people saying, well, this is why I don't buy on auctions. And that was just like their, their whole thing. Like, well, I'm going to write off. This is why I don't go and bring a trailer. This is why I don't bid on auctions. I don't play those games. And I wanted to address that opposition because I think it's, it's totally unfair, right? The vast, vast majority of auctions are legitimate. It's a small percentage that aren't. I think we've sold about 80 cars now on Bring a Trailer. Um, we've had two go sideways. One was our shill bitter friend. The other one was just a guy who had no intention of paying. It was literally this college kid that had a credit card and was bidding on Bring a Trailer. And he thought it was like a game. So he won our car and he's just like, I don't, I don't have any money. I'm not going to buy it. Um, so that wasn't even shill bidding. It was just the nature of the beast. So out of 80 cars, we had two go south. Um, and, you know, to, to I think it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? To exit a marketplace because you don't like how some people play is ridiculous. Um, the best thing to do is basically just say, well, you don't have to play their games. Bidding is not a game. You just decide what you're willing to pay and bid that. And if somebody else is shill bidding, let them pay the price for it. If they outbid you, 
like you have to respond. It's your responsibility if you get bid up by a shill bidder. And a lot of the times I hear people say that they don't want to play the bidding games is often when they want to buy a car for less than market value. It's more, it's not that they don't want to play games. It's that they want to play a different game. They want to try to haggle and they want to get me down in price and buy a car for less than market value. And they don't want to compete against the actual open marketplace. So I'm not going to call it socialism, but it it kind of is because it's like, well, they're anti-capitalism because they're afraid somebody else will pay more. I had Jerry Seinfeld do this to me for heaven's sakes. He was trying to he was trying to buy a car that was live on bring a trailer. His guy tried to pressure me to take the auction down and sell it to him because Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> but his offer was like 15 grand less than we got for the car on the auction. And I'm like, why would I do that? If you offered me like double what I might get, then I'd think about like, okay, well, let's try to end this auction and figure something out. But in that case, just friggin' bid on the auction. So I, I, I don't buy the excuses of like, well, that's why I don't do auctions. I don't like playing those games, right? Like everybody's an adult here. Nobody's forcing you to spend a certain amount of money. Just pick what you're willing to pay and bid it. And if somebody else wants to play games, that's on them, not on you. Why well, wasted my time? No, you didn't. It took you three seconds to put in your credit card and bid. So, yeah, I, I don't get that. So, anyway, let's go to some questions. I got some uh, folks gassing you up on YouTube, at least. Uh, somebody in Gaslighting here, me? Or? No, no. <laughs> like gassing complimenting you. Oh, okay. Like oh, filling my tank. Yeah, well, somebody. I Is think it ninety three octane. Somebody was complimenting your muscles, but I can't find it anymore. <laughs> Ooh, there it is. That's that's a lie because I haven't worked out in two years. Well, they were asking how long how long you go every day. Said your biceps were popping. So, uh, and uh, Mitchell Barnow says hi, Dan Tadbutt, which I'm assuming is on purpose. This has been a great Q and A session. <laughs> I've never listened to one before today, <laughs> Dan Tadbutt, which wow. I appreciate. <laughs> This is this it is seems on purpose. Fast. Okay. Uh, TPS Chris does want to know: Is the uh, fi- the Impreza outside the five five five? Is that yes. going up for sale? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And ah, spoiler alert: That's our pick of the switch cars pick of the week. You didn't so have to say that. that we'll know. get to that later. <laughs> Never mind. Yes. Um, <laughs> let's go to the wall of shame <laughs> and a commercial, and come back for more questions. Everybody, send in your questions. What? <laughs> Here we go. All right. The The Wall of Shame is brought to you by... Oh, yes. Celebrity Machines. Celebrity Machines is a proud sponsor of SwitchCast, and they offer more than 250 different screen-accurate license plates as they appeared in movies and TV shows, uh, such as Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, The Fast and the Furious, Breaking Bad, and so many more. Celebrity Machines also makes our dealer insert plates, as well as our commemorative 2539 plates from the fastest cannonball run ever. Visit CelebrityMachines.com for more info and use promo code SWITCHCAST to save 25.39% at checkout. There you go. Thank you, Celebrity Machines. So the wall of shame, for those of you that don't know, is like a reverse review, right? Uh, everybody can review dealerships and write scathing things, whatever they feel like, but dealerships can't review customers. So this is our opportunity to get back at the, uh, 
well, the idiots, for lack of a better term, that submit silly inquiries and questions and feedback and stuff like that. So this one was stolen from a Facebook group, Dealership Life, which is some great material when I run out of my my own ridiculous inquiries. Somebody uh, texted a, a, a salesman and said, do you do buy here, pay here or no credit checks or anything like that? Reasonable question. We get that sometimes. The response, I love this. This is great. The salesman said, we won't pull credit if you pay in cash. It's a zero, zero percent, zero, zero percent, zero percent APR, hundred percent down finance uh, thing. So the response, follow along if you can. That's why I was asking if you if you guys pull credit insurance because I'm trying to see if he has, you know, do still be like around down payments and stuff like that money. I'd have to real good monthly payments on this kind of vehicle. He was just pressing the what? autofill button on like the iPhone. Yeah, like, just he over started and talking over again. Just, yeah. <laughs> My God, that is he had that had to be like a text or a talk to text with like one breath. Like there was no pauses for periods. It just kept There's going. Definitely no punctuation. This is a real wow. inquiry on a sixty thousand dollar Corvette. I, I'm amazed that somebody. Wow. Well, I guess I can't afford a sixty thousand dollar Corvette. <laughs> Not even the payments. Oh man. All right, let's get to some of those questions. Uh, if we have them from YouTube, from TikTok, and we got some from Instagram as well from earlier yes. in the day. Uh, so now some real questions from YouTube, more than just uh, <laughs> random stuff. Uh, something good to talk about our, or to call back to our manual conversation from earlier. Aaron Bolster wants to know uh, the opposite question: What automatic only car should have had a manual? Oh, I need to think about that for a second. Uh, Audi RS6 Savant. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be true. I think there's so many of those, honestly. Anything made after like 2015, any Ferrari, any Lamborghini. Yeah. Um, man, that's a. Uh, there's so many. Cross cab? Nissan Cross Cabriolet. I mean, I'm going to say yes just pretty because sweet, of the joke, but that'd no? be pretty, it'd be pretty sweet, right? Right, right, guys. They probably should have had a manual top as well, then it wouldn't <laughs> fail. I I do wish the uh, we didn't get it anyway, but the late '90s Mazda Cosmo that was more of a luxury mm. car, so I don't know if it should have had a manual, but I think it would have been cool. I know there's a car and it'll come to me like in 10 minutes that I'm like, that car should have been manual and it wasn't. And it was something of that 90s era, but it's not coming to me immediately. But yeah, I, I would, Audi RS6. There is a lot of stuff, though. Well, and that too, the RS6, the Audi RS6 from 2003 as well. Those were automatic yeah. only. That should have been a manual. The four, the RS4s came in a manual, didn't they? It was yes. just the sixes. They just didn't. Uh, yes. Oh, the yeah, Avants didn't come to the US. Yeah. Yeah. Womp womp. Uh, Nick Kruger asks, what is the ultimate non-Safari base for a Safari build? Mark 1 Audi TT Quattro or Volkswagen New Beetle? Something else. Chevy Corvette C4. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Can't even lie. I almost did one with one I had, but like every project, I run out of motivation before I start, so I sold it. I feel like the Safari thing is a commitment. Like, you have to spend a lot of time and money to do it right. Yeah. And it's not like an on the whim thing. I like the trend, though. It's one of the automotive trends I, I do appreciate. Yeah. Porsche Cayenne is a good safari base. 
Because it's almost that already. <laughs> yeah, it's practically there. Land Rover Defender <laughs> Safari Edition. Now, I do. I like it because it's uh, now a lot of them are probably for just parking at cars and coffee. But the the idea started with using a non off road car in a way like as like a rally car or something like with the 911s and everything. And I just more of using cars for fun. Um, sure. I'm all here for. Sure. Um, yeah, I'd like to take something that was made as a car, but has a good all wheel drive platform like something like a Subaru 2.5 RS mm, or yeah. an Audi S4. That's like, OK, it's got a really, really good all wheel drive system, but it's a car. It's kind of a sports car. And but it's a good platform. So you're not reinventing yeah. the wheel. You're just making it the ultimate of what it is already. I mean, a sob, Nick. Make a safari sob. <laughs> That'd be pretty sweet. Or like a safari a Sabari. Volvo. You could turn like a, vol- a brick Volvo wagon with an all-wheel drive into a safari Ooh. build. It'd be pretty cool. That Sabari joke went unappreciated. I just have to give it I just credit. bulldozed right over it. No, that was good, though. That was good. All right. Question. do a couple Next of TikToks? Yes. Sure. Yeah, yeah. We got a... Cavalcade of questions All here right. from TikTok. Thank you. Cactus Jack Sheesh says uh, he's looking to buy an 09 R8. Got any advice? Uh, yes, do it. Uh, one, pay cash. Two, uh, there's basically three issues with those cars. Four, don't buy the friggin' Artronic. Sucks. Buy a manual. Uh, let's see. The air conditioning compressor is a common failure and because of the fact that it's located on the front of the engine and there's no access point you have to drop the engine to do it and it's like a four to five thousand dollar job at the audi dealer that's a common point of failure uh depending on the mileage the factory adjustable shocks will fail you can do a coilover swap but that's an expensive thing to look out for and also the higher mileage cars typically have carbon buildup on the top end of the engine that's not a huge deal that's a a cheaper service to do but it's something to look out for so basically those three things other than that they're great cars a lot of people worry about the front subframe uh welds cracking i think it's kind of like the bmw m3 things it's way blown out of proportion i've never ever seen one that had that issue there is an nhtsa recall about it or, or not a recall but like a a bulletin but I think it's one of those things that, like, the only ones that people had a problem with were, like, if they were trying to safari it. So, oh, that R8 safari. There we yeah, go. Yeah, that would be That's sweet. it. Great all-wheel drive system, rear-wheel drive biased. Yeah. Oh, so there's, there's my advice for you. Buy an R8 and then safari build it. <laughs> yes. Speaking of the uh, M series, BMW M cars really the poor man's Porsche? It's not really the poor man's Porsche. They're the same price. I, like a E46 M3, a good one is 35 to 40 grand. A new M3 is 70, 80, 90 grand. Like that's it's not poor. That's and a lot of them are fairly maintenance intensive as well. Some of them are reliable, but yeah, it's not it's not the poor man's <laughs> Porsche. That's they're on equal footing. What are some older BMWs I should pick up before prices get too crazy? Oh gosh, there's a lot of BMW talking here today. A lot, a lot BMW of BMW yeah. seven, a lot of Bimmer fans. Yeah. 
Uh, Z3s, I think, are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the er, the late 90s and early 2000s Z3s, you don't even need the M, just like a Z3 3-liter. Those are great cars, super reliable. Um, M Roadster is also a lot of bang for the buck. Um, man, the older stuff has gone more crazy, but, like, you know, a 70s BMW 2002 TII, uh yeah bmw m1 and just kidding okay that's you know million bucks but we'll get we'll get one more tiktok question in here uh do you think the b58 engine is the core reason for bmw's reliability rating now ranking in the top three the b58 engine Mm -hmm. gosh darn i don't know these engine codes like i do my porsche codes Oh, it's the uh, yeah 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 okay. So it's the one that's in the the whatever the F eighty or whatever M five. I honestly don't know. Like my BMW expertise stops like in the mid two thousands, and then I just started hating them. And like <laughs> the newer ones are better, right? Like they did make a comeback, but after like that four point four liter engine, which was a dog, and the I don't know the code, but the the twin turbocharged. Uh, V8 that was such a friggin' disaster. Like, I just stopped paying attention, and then I, I felt like they lost their way. And for me, just anything made after 2012-ish is not fundamentally interesting to me because it's all turbos, it's all double-clutch gearboxes, it's all hydraulic suspension and electronic controls, and, like, the car is driving itself. So, like, after 2012, I just... It's not that I don't care, but I, I, it's, it's hard for me to really care. Like there are some really good driving cars, but not a lot. And I just, I focus on the older stuff. So that's a question for a BMW nerd and I'm not one. Let's go to the Instagram question. Instagram. All right. I can do that. Oh, one that I really like on Instagram is let me find it. Oh goodness. Where'd it go? Come on. What are the most overlooked but important aspects that deliver driving enjoyment? This is from Row Your Own, so I think I have an idea of what they think. Uh, <laughs> they'll start, Nuts though, for sticks. with... <laughs> uh, their first uh, recommendations are hip point slash seating position. Yeah, that's that's actually a really good one. Um, and, and they do touch on that in driving school. Seating position and um, where your hands are on the wheel is incredibly important. Uh, I see a lot of people do like the gangsta lean and I'm like, you can't friggin control the car. Um, you don't want to be stretching your arms, especially when you're, you're all crossed up and, and in a slide, um, you want to be able to reach the pedals easily. Um, uh, shifter feel like the, you know, the shift pattern itself and, um, you know, the feel of the gearbox is a huge one for me. Um, if if it's like a, a long throw or a sloppy throw, like the E46 M3s and the E90s, I don't really love because I feel like it's just, it's not a sporty shift. And a short shift goes a long, long way in those to just totally change the experience. Um, pedal position in terms of the gas and the brake and how easy it is to heel toe. Um, that's big. Like I just, I want all those things to be intuitive. Right. Um, but everybody connects differently with a car. So part of it is just like what car connects with you. Um, 
But yes, seating position is a that's a really really important one. Tire pressure. Tire pressure is huge. Tire pressure and tread. A lot of people will sell a car because it handles poorly. And I'm like, get new tires. You got friggin' Goodyear's on there. Like, get a good set of Michelin's or something like that. Adjust your tire pressure. Fix your alignment. That can transform a car. Good question. All right, next up is OG GT4. Now that the PPP thousand airs are drying up, will this signal the end of the 100,000 plus markups on 150K cars? And which cars do you foresee this trend continuing? Um, well, there's multiple factors that will drive down the markups. One is that MSRPs are increasing drastically. So Porsche, again, has has jacked up the, the sticker price on all their cars. Most manufacturers are. Um, they're basically just catching up to inflation. Uh, two, the supply chain is catching up. So that's going to affect it. It's just supply and demand curve. Interest rates are up. So that's decreasing demand. Uh, there's there's no free money anymore. So there's a lot of factors going into it that absolutely are driving down um, the 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 big markups. But even within that, there's certain segments of the market. The 992 GT3s are still pulling 70 grand over sticker. The new GT3 RS is going to pull huge money. But again, that's because it's exclusive and you can't get it. So it's really just going to come down to supply and demand curves. Cars that you can't get are still going to pull huge markups, especially good ones like a GT3 RS. Good question. Doc Brutt's got a bit of an interesting story. So they say, I've learned the hard way that saying, or the saying, there's nothing more expensive than a cheap Mercedes. <laughs> They've spent 15000 plus repairing, modifying, and maintaining a W164 CDI in five years of ownership. So they want to know, when do you know uh, to cut your losses and move into a newer vehicle? They're currently at 170,000 miles, but every time it breaks down, it's another two or three grand. Uh, I mean, for a daily driver, you've got to do the value comparison and just say, this is crazy. Like if a repair costs more than the car's worth, that's it's got to go. I mean, I feel the same way about like we had this discussion about our dog. Like at what point, as much as we love our dog, do we get a vet bill? That's like, yeah, it's going to be five grand for this surgery. It's like, well, I can get another dog for 400 bucks. Like it's an uncomfortable conversation, but it's, you gotta, you gotta have it. If, if it's a, like, if it's a pet car and you have unlimited funds to keep it going and you have a regular daily driver, then whatever, there's, there's no price you can put on it as long as you can afford it. But for a daily driver, man, that's crazy. You gotta, you gotta get something reliable. (laughs) No. And that's something I'm going to experience with my Volvo at some point that I'm going to drive until I'm tired of maintaining it. It hasn't been bad so far, but I mean, the ideal thing is to sell it before you get to that point, right? I think every car has a has a point at which it depreciates a certain amount, but it's still worth selling, but it's before it's going to cost you a fortune. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, it's most car guys, though, just wait till it's too late. I'll, I guarantee you we'll wait until it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> 
The Shrewd Negotiator is brought to you by VinWiki. The Shrewd Negotiator is one step short of the wall of shame. People who are trying actively to get there by their negotiation tactics, but uh, are not usually successful or skillful at it. So fire away, Tyler. I think this is a marketplace ad, which is there's lots of gold on there. Yes. Uh, So the description on this ad is up for sale is my 96 Acura Integra LS garage kept second owner. Mileage is 217,000, but well-kept, well-maintained, and don't forget, this is a Honda. Completely stock car, won't find one cleaner than this. (laughs) With 276,000 miles? (laughs) Guaranteed you will. I think I can. AM, FM radio doesn't work, but can be changed out easily. (laughs) 23,000, or best offer, my goodness. (laughs) <laughs> 23 that grand? is insane sorry i didn't pre-read this because i just wanted live reaction 23 wow. grand for a 276,000 mile integra okay wow no but then then they followed up with in caps no less than 19,800 <laughs> <laughs> 23,000 but no less than 19,8 thanks no That's, low ballers no low ballers <laughs> i know what i did he say i know what i got well, well worth every cent. You know what you're looking at is probably close. It's enough. the inverse. Yes, it's, it's, it's almost better. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is bad you know negotiation. That is that is shrewd negotiation right there. Twenty three oh. grand or best offer, but no less than nineteen eight. Hey man, will you take nineteen eight? Oh gosh, I, it's not over oh, though. They continue. Man. This is as oh, close gosh. to a mint, untouched Integra at two hundred and seventeen thousand mm-hmm. miles. Mm-hmm. Even an LS that you are ever going to find anymore. Only mods are obviously the 98, obviously the 98 <laughs> plus spec front and rear upgrade. But it's so professionally done that it feels and looks and might as well be original. Hold on. The front and rear upgrade. That, that means the car was hit in the front and <laughs> rear. <laughs> oh, my God. I guess what do they mean by that? Like the bumpers? 98 plus spec front and rear upgrade means oh, nothing to I, me. I want to see pictures. I feel like it's a total riced out friggin' oh my gosh. It was an <laughs> you know Integra. What you're at. It was an Integra, <laughs> not a legend, right? Yeah, it was a 96 Integra LS. I I can find a 99 Integra GSR 16 grand sold. 19 what the heck? 98 like Integra GSR 13.7. Integra Type R, 96, 19.8, another 96 Integra, 15.5. They're all over the place. That almost just seems like a lot of money. Oh, my god. You know what you're looking at is such a good line. It is such a good line. (laughs) Uh, Thanks to Kent Lucas for that submission. So let's do a, a few more questions before we run out of time, and then we'll get to the props and flops. Alrighty. Uh, so the Frank C on YouTube asked earlier tonight, what's your opinion on cars ordered in custom colors? Do you think it's worth the upfront investment for a custom color to be a unique and B potentially stand out more on the secondhand market? Uh, I, I don't like it when people ask me, Hey, I want to order this car. What options should I get for resale? Like, what do other people like? And I'm like, that's such a dumb question. Like, Mm -hmm. there is a valid answer, but it's the wrong starting point. You should order the car because you like it. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the custom color paint to sample, whatever, BMW individual, 
whatever term the manufacturer gives it, that fad has become all about clout and cars and coffee bragging rights. And it's 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 made it not cool anymore because it's become almost so ubiquitous. Um, and and I hate that people order stuff just so they can have the only one or unique or whatever. And they're only thinking of resale instead of just like, you know, I feel like paint to sample back in the eighties and nineties, I wasn't there, but it's so rare to see that you're like, this guy really wanted this car in this spec. Cause there's back then nobody else wanted it. People would put like bright red interiors and leather, everything and a yellow exterior. It's like no friggin' way. Anyone else is going to buy that. That guy wanted that cause he wanted it and he loved it. And that's cool even though it's totally not cool. It's cool. <laughs> well, and, the, and it's just now it's, it's not because anybody wants it. It's because they think somebody else wants it. Right. Like even in the early two thousands, like if you see a nine, nine, six, that's PTS, that's pretty rare. Right. Cause even then nobody was doing it. It's, it's the core. It's the rich Corvette owner syndrome, yeah. right? It's like Corvette guys got a bunch of money. Like I'm going to buy a rare Porsche. This is one of one in this paint to sample color in this year. Ugh, it's exhausting. Well, there's 10 other paint to sample cars at Cars and Coffee. They're just not that <laughs> color. Yeah, we can go to the TikToks here. I don't uh, want to hog all the time. No, no, no. I feel like I've been hogging most of it. Yeah, that's but, fine. Uh, I'm trying to buy a 14 Chevy Ca- ha, Caprice PPV 6.0. Yeah. What do you think? That's Those cool are fantastic cars. Yeah. Uh, independent rear axle. Sweet car. It's the um, the Australian whatever. Not the. I don't know the chassis code, but it's the Australian um, Holden chassis. That's a really cool car. The six liters have head issues, so make sure you get one that's been addressed or expect it to blow up. Um, but yeah, those are those are sweet. Yeah, uh, that was asked by um, Jay Supreme, and then there was another put a, user. Put a spotlight on it and a few antennas and a push bar bumper. <laughs> Friggin' roll down the left lane. <laughs> another user whose name is Holden Caprice asked, "What do you think about the Holden imports?" <laughs> our good, uh, our good friend and fellow uh, Vinwicky guy Travis, Travis Bell. Bell was on the podcast, and he talked about this a while ago. Yeah. But I don't even yeah. know if you shared your thoughts on you. Him, so I'm, you I'm curious. He would be beholden to go check out that episode. See, yes, uh, never misses okay. a shot. Nope, I don't. Um, <laughs> you miss hundred percent. Well, of the he shots takes all of the shots. Just Wayne all of Gretzky, them don't Michael land. Michael Scott, That's I think, true. is the- <laughs> they're still up there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, they're they're super cool cars. I like uh, I like the Australian versions of General Motors better than, than the American ones. <laughs> Same thing with the European versions. Well, I used to like the European Fords more than what we got here too. I got some cool stuff over there. Yeah, in like we, the eighties and nineties. We have a challenge going with our car group that in the next oh. three years we have to buy one of our two dream cars that we've been talking about. Or the group picks a country for us and like forces us to buy a car from there. So my country, if I don't buy one of my dream cars, is Australia. So if you guys have any great ideas for Australian cars in case I can't afford my dream cars in three years, <laughs> that'll uh, yeah, that'll help. So we got a couple more from Instagram, I think. Or yeah, uh, Glenn Pusikian. Uh, asks on Instagram, what vehicles do you have as daily drivers in your household? Uh, let's see. My wife has a Mercedes E350. Um, 
two actually, one for the summer and one for the winter. I'm not bougie at all. Uh, I have a 997 Carrera 4, soon to be a Carrera 2 because I'm disconnecting the front drive shaft. That's my winter car. Yeah. Yes, I'm the crazy person who turns an all-wheel drive car into a rear-wheel drive car for winter uh, because snow tires. And uh, in the summer, I don't really have one. Like, I just, I, yeah, I have lots of fun cars and I pick what to drive when I want to. It's, it's perks nice. of the job. It's, it's, it's a good life. It's a good life. <laughs> Michael Scott. The original alpha male asks, uh, I feel like we get this question every once in a while, so it's good to revisit it for the, the new viewers or listeners. Uh, Porsche on a budget, what would you recommend? Under 30000 All right. So Tyler's automatic answer is a 996, right. 996. because he owns one. Uh, if I had thirty grand, twenty nine nine ninety nine, I would buy a 2004 Boxster S 550 Anniversary Edition. Manual transmission, Coco Sport seats, GT Silver exterior. And I'm not trying to sell them because we had two and we sold both of them. So we don't even have any available, but that's... That is the car I would buy. Mid-engine platform, reasonably reliable, lots of fun to drive. And if you can stand being made fun of by the 911 people at Cars and Coffee or in PCA or whatever, then, you know, but... I feel like that's different now. Most of the folks in PCA are driving Boxsters and Caymans now. No, they're driving Macans and <laughs> well, Takens, <or> that. <laughs> honestly. It's, yeah, it's sad. It's not a, it's not a car club anymore because it's not a car company it's a profit center so all right one more question then we'll go to props and flops pick the best uh, one or the one that donated the most money do we have any sent with gifts we, over we, here we, we don't but I, we do have a hopefully what's a quick one while, okay. while tyler tries to find one uh e36 m3 98w s6 marauder you've got to daily one track one and crush one go Hold on, 98, oh, 98 WS6, like a, a, a Trans Am WS6? I'm assuming so. Yeah, tra okay. Uh, E36, I would, um, boof. do I get to modify them? I would daily, the, oh, this is tough. Within reason. The Marauder's cool, but I would crush it. <laughs> The Trans Am is ugly as sin, but I would modify it for a track car because it makes really, really good noises. It's a good engine. Um, and I would daily the E36 M3 because it's a fun car to drive. They're reliable. And I don't like... I'm not the guy that dailies like a daily, a typical daily car, right? I have a 997 is my yeah. winter daily car. So, <laughs> yeah, that that's that's the answer. So uh, the Frank C clarified a little bit before I get to the question. Uh, they say they gladly order a car in a custom color because they love the idea of having a custom color. Uh, the secondary market visibility would be a bonus for them, which at that point, I think we just say, sure, get the custom color. It's what you want. Right. <laughs> and I tell everybody that I say, buy the car you want. If it goes up in value or retains value, that's a bonus, right? Yep. Same way you look at women, right? You you uh, go after a girl because of her inside beauty. And if she's also hot on the outside, that's a bonus. Facts. I tell that to other people. I totally am shallow and <laughs> went after Aaron because she was attractive first. And then, yeah, also you were fortunate beautiful that on the she's inside. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, Gamer also on the YouTube. Love you, Aaron. Uh, they say, hey, please, Doug, what's the story? <laughs> Uh, they want to know what's the story with the eighty thousand mile twenty seventeen nine eleven you posted on a Facebook nine eleven group? Oh yeah, uh, I think it's sold actually. So. Really? Was there any story with it, or was it just, no, just somebody like driving no. their car? I was hoping it was something that was like blown up for some stupid reason. No, never mind. No, uh, I did post two blown up Porsches actually. This <laughs> I think week that's on Instagram. Uh-huh. I sold both of them within twenty four hours. Did you really? Yes. Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so without further ado, we're getting to the last segment. We're wrapping up uh, on this episode of Q and A. Thank you, everybody, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, for being here with us. We wouldn't be here without you well we would we just be here by ourselves uh makes it more fun when you're here with us so props and flops brought to you by switch cars and switch cars is the enthusiasts dealership where we buy sell consign service and store only cars that we like ourselves check out our hand-picked inventory at switchcars.com and our pick of the week from switch cars inventory that totally wasn't spoiled earlier tonight is that's bad drum roll. 96 Subaru WRX STI 555 edition. So cool. Yes. So many stickers. <laughs> so many stickers. Right. So it is a, a JDM car. They made 500 of the 555 editions. And for those of you who weren't around back then, that number is famous for being on the side of the Subaru rally cars of that era. And uh, Colin McRae and Carlos Sainz Sr. were both pro rally drivers, and they won the um, World Rally Championship that year. Subaru did, Manufacturer Championship. So they, I think, yeah, maybe I'm conflating facts here. But anyway, um, right. So they made this as a commemorative edition, and it's pretty friggin' sick. Cloth interior, uh, right-hand drive, obviously. And it surprised me. So it is a two-liter turbocharged flat four which is a pretty small engine but it makes 276 horsepower wow. which is bonkers for the mid 90s especially from a tiny that tiny is insane engine. yeah it's a lot of fun to drive uh very rare i mean duh, there's only 500 of them it's not as rare as a corvette pace car but anyway that is available uh and it's not on our website but hit us up privately if you're interested in it so our flop of the week is um, and I'm not trying to make fun of, of tragedy, but it is kind of a Darwin Award thing. But two cars street racing in Pontiac, Michigan, crashed into a stolen Challenger that was doing donuts in the intersection. That's right. So uh, was amazing. it street racing meets street takeovers, both trends of which need to just stop. Uh, but the guy who had stolen Challenger was doing donuts in the middle of the night in this intersection. What? Okay. Anyway, um, I love inside jokes. Love to be a part of one someday. (laughs) Mike Scott. Um, Anyway, so the guy was doing donuts in the middle of the intersection at night. And these two cars who were street racing, didn't see him come flying into him. He wasn't wearing a seatbelt, gets thrown from the car, gets sent to the hospital. Uh, a few other people were, were injured. But um, yeah, it just, I, it's, there's no words. Like, it's just, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. And I don't think anybody 
really feels badly for anybody here other than like, man, I wish they had parents that taught them not to make stupid decisions. Yeah, like I don't want to cheer for somebody being hurt, but also they asked for it. Right. The street racers were 18 and 19. So I feel a little bit badly because I remember when I was that age, I thought street racing was okay and cool and I'd never be that person that got hurt. Um, so hopefully they'll learn from this. The 24 year old that was doing donuts in a stolen challenger. Uh, I feel like he already has a rap sheet. So anyway, um, yeah, not good. Big flops there. The prop of the week. Uh, yes. August 12th at the Valley view recreation club, the annual nude car show. That's right. This is a thing. The Valley View Recreation Club is a small rustic nudist club. I don't know what a rustic nudist is, but <laughs> uh, and it is not clothing optional, so it's mandatory. Oh, yeah, right. It's comfortably conceived, odd choice of words, and designed for people who desire an escape from the pressures and pretensions of everyday life. I mean, clothes are not that high pressure. <laughs> like, this isn't Valley View, Ohio, is it? No, this okay. is up in oh, Wisconsin. that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Ethan wants to go. <laughs> That's what he's saying right now. Oh my right gosh. in your backyard. But I feel like, you know, it's like a nude beach, right? Which I've never been to, but... People that tell me, right, like everybody thinks like, oh, it's a bunch of like beautiful women. You go there and just, you know, but this is like, it's a car show. This this isn't going to be a nude car show. It's going to be a dude car show. There's going to be a bunch of guys like (laughs) Ethan driving their cross cabs nude into this car show. (laughs) Tops down. Well, but like, how do you get there? You got to go nude. Aaron doesn't even like wearing shorts and leather seats. What about those old muscle cars with black vinyl? Mm. I mean, talk Ooh, about get like some fried uh, ball burn. Yeah. burn. Yeah, singe the hairs down there. Some chestnuts roasting over the <laughs> black interior. It's good. Well, not chestnuts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you, Tyler, if you took your 996 there, you know, if they mentioned fried eggs, they wouldn't be talking about your headlights. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I mean, oh, the butt sweats, man. Does, does Nathan's detailing make a product to like decontaminate the seats from that? Yeah. Or? Uh, that'd be great if this is a virgin, a market you could enter. Yeah, I don't know if we've tapped into the <laughs> what swamp, if you have indigestion, swampy into nature. Of, you know, <laughs> is that too much? <laughs> There goes the monetization. <laughs> oh, man. All the heat. I mean, you burn your ass. Like, you're going to get out and your cheeks are going to look like pieces of toast. Like, the, the <laughs> lines on the seat will be grill marks. <laughs> Flame broiled. Uh, hey, baby, I'm a butter. Your bread is going to be a <laughs> new pickup line. <laughs> like, oh this, this, ah. I was I had to be very careful when I was searching for information on this to like not search for information on this because I'm like I don't I don't want to see I mean I who cares pictures. if you do it on your work computer you own the business who's gonna come after you I don't want to see these things I don't want to see the Corvette curmudgeon without his Corvette hat and shirt and shorts and only only his Corvette hat That's only it. his Corvette oh, yeah. hat and New Balance yeah <laughs> Golly. Oh, it's lowrider show. Anyway, <laughs> on that note, 
Thank you all for joining us. <laughs> Please come back next week. Please. We have uh, a guest on who's got a crazy story about a dealership scam that went on for almost a year. And we're going to help you uh, turn that into, you know, learn from him and uh, how not to get scammed by a dealer. Uh, thank you to Ethan and Tyler for uh, propping me up and uh, making the show go smoothly here. Thank you to our sponsors, Boxcast, Nuts for Sticks, Switch Cars, Celebrity Machines, and Stephen Holm Woodworking and our uh, bumper music is provided by Emily and Ivory. You can stream their full album on Spotify or SoundCloud. This episode will be available next Monday in audio format wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next Wednesday at 8 p.m. as we look forward to edifying, educating, and entertaining you on the drive of your life. Hey, if you're on TikTok, don't go anywhere. We're going to. Oh, yeah, a- the, the post show. All right, bonus questions on TikTok. Yes. What are your thoughts on being able to service your own car as it tends to be harder to do on newer newer cars? Yeah, it very much is harder to do. That's like the strut bearings on my uh, Murano. <laughs> Murano. That's I mean that the manufacturers design that. They don't want people working on their own cars. Period. That's why you see plastic covers when you pop the hood. Um, as stuff gets more computerized, it makes it more difficult because unless you have the scan tool and whatever proprietary software, then you can't even figure out what's wrong. So, you know, if, if, uh, if you want to work on your own cars, it's, it's a different skill set now. Like you've got to get software and learn how to, Mm -hmm. to read stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's why I like older cars. Bailey, do you have a threshold of like the the year of of a make and model that you typically don't like deal with like cars after a certain year you kind of are out of your comfort zone? Yes and no. It varies so heavily. Like a lot like pre-2010 cars are cool, but like my 08 Volvo wagon, I couldn't do the brake job myself on because you had to have that scan tool to release the electronic parking brake. Oh, my god! And it was a specific scan uh, tool. And I bet they did that on purpose. Exactly. Yep. Loved it. Guaranteed revenue. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Um, there was a question on here that had a lot of numbers in it. Like dollar signs? Numbers yeah. that they sent to us for yeah. a bank account or just... Engine no, codes no, and not stuff that I don't uh, know. Un- unfortunately, no. <laughs> it's more BMW not guys. Caliber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Uh, thoughts. I, on, I mean, I'm that guy with Porsches, oh, so yeah, I can't yeah. hate on. Well, it. then I here you go. This will be this will be right up your alley. Then thoughts on fixing a cheap 928. It's only 1500 and runs and drives with uh, 18,000 just rusted. Oh, big reaction. Oh gosh, no. So somebody asked earlier. Hopefully, you were here for this. They said something like, there's no such thing as a cheap Mercedes. Okay, there is absolutely no such thing as a cheap 928. Even good 928s are high maintenance, very expensive. I have Porsche techs that won't work on them. We have a local Porsche shop. I had a 928, a really clean one. I took it over, and they're all like, oh, oh, not another 928. They can't stand them. It's no. No, uh, good 928s are great to drive, but they are high maintenance. They're expensive. A cheap 928 is going to be a, a money pit. $1,500 and a horse, it'll be less. It'll be cheaper. <laughs> You're literally setting that $1,500 on fire. 
I think, if you buy if if that's purchased and more yeah. money. It would be less of a headache to just light fifteen hundred dollars. Oh, absolutely. LS swap it or LT or whatever. You small block swap it. Mm. That's the answer, and it's probably cheaper in the long run. It's a really, really good platform. They made a great highway cruiser, but mm, uh-uh. Dude Mm-mm. said just rust too. That doesn't exist. Just rusted. That does not exist. Just rusted. Yeah. Just rusted. Like it just started rusting, or uh, he's uh, well. What do you say? With he said runs and drives with eighteen thousand. Just rusted. I don't know what extent. I don't yeah, know. I I always I don't heard think it's eighteen thousand actual miles either for fifteen hundred bucks. Is that what he said? Fifteen hundred. It's one five zero zero. Hey, gauge thirteen thirteen. If you're I mean, still okay, watching, yes, give us some more insight deal. on this. That's a good deal. You can flip it for a profit, probably. But rust scares me. Like rust is just no bueno. So, yeah, we can we can go around with this one. This is a question probably we we all could answer. There's actually two here. Um, thoughts. It's just thoughts on and then a car. Uh, thoughts on the Hellcat Red Eyes? Uh, high theft rates. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yep. What was the guy driving in the in the donut store? It was a Challenger. Yeah. I think it was a Hellcat. Actually. There you go. There you go. But uh, I did. I didn't see what trim Challenger. The articles actually said it was a Charger. They were wrong. But uh, yeah, they get stolen a lot. I. I mean, it's a big, heavy car, but I kind of like them. Like. The, the flared fenders and stuff, big V8 engine, lots of loud noises. The Red Eye is the last one, right, with the even larger engine, I think. I don't know if I'm I'm, I'm mm. looking around for... Uh, the yeah, that'd the be a Dan question. Um, either, Dan, does not, Dan does not care. I think it's <laughs> 750 <laughs> horsepower. I think I'm glad they exist because big engines... 1,000 horsepower? What? Yeah, it's bananas. I'm no. glad they exist. No, it's no, 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 me. no. That's not it. 797 horsepower. Yeah. Uh, the other car that was asked about, and this guy pointed out that he sells them too. Ford Lightnings. How we feeling? Like the electric ones? I, I'm assuming that we're talking about new, the new electric Ford Lightnings that you can buy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is anyone yeah, going to have a different? Bailey, get in there. If Mans has an older Ford Lightning exclusive dealership, hell yeah, to that. that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Heck right. yeah. 2001, 2002 Lightning, Burnout City. I mean, the name's great because it's electric, like, oh, Lightning, you know, Volt, but it's not a truck. It's 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 an overpriced friggin' mm. status symbol. They're like mm-hmm. people are paying a hundred thirty forty grand for them after markup, and it gets it, it's a truck that doesn't do truck things. It gets I think it's sixty seven miles of range when it actually has like a trailer. Which if you have a truck, you want to do friggin' truck things. Our friend uh, with the nine twenty eight uh, gave us some more context here. He said it's been sitting in my town since moving here in 03. It hasn't moved Ooh. in hasn't moved an inch. Wait, wait, wait! It runs and drives, but it ran, it when, parked. ran when parked. Thank you. Run, Thank you. Drive. Ran when parked. Been sitting in my Golly. town since moving here in 03. It hasn't moved an inch and finally left a note. Was called back and was told it was rusted bad and was stopped. Yeah, sitting stopped for twenty years. W- w- when brake line went started oh, run away so yeah. fast no it's i don't even think when, when brake line went so brake line went uh started no, fixing no. but ended up sitting <laughs> no i don't even think it's I, I mean it's 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 scrap maybe parts oh no 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 sorry no. gauged wish wish that no. worked out for you rivian's gonna go bankrupt 
Bailey, is Rivian going to go bankrupt? Bro, I don't know. <laughs> it it's like a I question know? of whether Rivian or Carvana is going to go bankrupt. Who's going to go first. bankrupt first? That's yeah. right. Even though Doug hates electric vehicles, I hope they don't go because they make a fascinating vehicle. I love the R1S. Yeah, I love but both they, products. they have some issues. R1S is pretty sexy, man. Yeah. They have some issues, some fundamental issues with their company. So I, I don't. I think we found out what happens when we let producer Ethan on the podcast. Things oh, turn electric. Gosh. No, no, right. no, no, no. <laughs> I, am, I am by no means. I am by no means an, an, an EV fan in any way. Well, but what, I, what's going on? You're changing a, the narrative. I, I, maybe. I, I maybe have a soft spot for, for Rivians. I don't, I don't know why. But no, I would never I would never buy an EV. But I mean, what do I know? I'm just, a, I'm just a guy. I'm just a defensive guy. Dude, what about a Rivian EV swap Murano cross cab? <laughs> mm, an R1S cross cab? Ooh. <laughs> Talk to me. Talk to me. All right. One more. One more. In two sentences. That's not what they asked, but I'm, I'm putting that on here. Uh, how do you feel that it is extremely unlikely that your record will be broken? Um, you can do three sentences. It's a loaded question because it will be. It can be. It almost was. And I don't like it goes back to why we got the record in the first place. The second record, the record we set in 2019 was earned. And then the COVID stuff happened and it just completely changed the game. I'm not saying the records don't count. They do. Um, but it diluted the accomplishment, it diluted the entire sense of cannonball now when it's like, hey, we have a cannonball record. Oh, did you do it during cur during COVID? Like that's that's all. That's the only topic of conversation is oh, it happened during COVID, it didn't count. That's nobody wants to have a real conversation about records anymore. Um so it, it I think it will be broken at some point, but just even having the record now uh, because of COVID makes it less enjoyable because I've got to explain um, and, and kind of defend what we did to get the record in the first place um, versus when we broke it in 2019. It was just like, oh, my gosh, you broke the record. That's amazing. And there was no explanation. It was just high fives. So, yeah, it's it's. It's changed things a lot. It's it's not as it's not as uh, exciting to to hold it. I guess it's not it's not the same anymore. All right, TikTok. On that downer, you know. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that <laughs> Thank was kind all. of a bummer, but thanks for uh, thanks for sticking around. Cheers. Cheers.